January nursing this dissatisfaction in my heart and, um, and just praying for more of God. And, you know, I love our church and I love what we have here and what we're a part of. I love this facility, consistently overwhelmed at the sowing of generations to give us what we have. I love our teams who turn up in force week after week, service after service, throughout the week and on Sundays and give their sacrifices. But there was something in me when the clock ticked over 2018 and I was like, there's just got to be more than this. And so... I've just been wrestling since January with this, this feeling in my heart that there's got to be more. And I started reading A.W. Tozer, and um, I encourage you to read his books if you're up for it. If you're not game, don't open the book. But he has completely undone me and 70 years ago wrote books specifically, I'm sure, just for me right now in 2018. And in one particular book called The Pursuit of God... He summed up my dissatisfaction and he says this, and it'll be on the screen. Current evangelicalism has laid the altar and divided the sacrifice into parts, but now seems satisfied just to count the stones and rearrange the pieces with never a care that there isn't even a sign of fire upon the top of lofty Carmel. But God be thanked that there are a few who care. They are those who, while they love the altar and delight in the sacrifice, are yet unable to reconcile within themselves the continued absence of the fire. And I realized in January, this is exactly where my spirit is at. I love the altar of this facility. I love the altar of our run sheets and our programs, our youth ministry, our kids ministry. I love the sacrifice. I delight in the sacrifice that we bring in week in and week out. But without the fire, it's pointless. And I realize it goes further than that. Because you, you set up altars in your workplace. You've built your career. You've built your family. You've built your day in and day out ritual. You sacrifice every day. You bring a sacrifice. But are you on fire? Are you on fire this morning? Are you on fire every day of the week? And so I realize that if God's got me on this journey, I'm kind of thinking He wants to take all of us on this journey of God, light me up because it's actually pointless that I would continue just to count the stones on the altar I built and rearrange my little sacrifice without your presence, consuming it every time. Anyone else sensing a bit of dissatisfaction? And so the the title of my message this morning on Mother's Day is, This Girl is on Fire. This Girl is on Fire. And I'm speaking to women and wives and mothers and I realize that not all of us are mothers, not all of us are wives and actually half of us aren't even female. Okay, no, but in all honesty and in all seriousness, there are people here today who are single, people here who have found themselves suddenly single, divorced, widowed. We find in this room people have been told by doctors a sad report over their fertility and I understand all that. And so I don't want you to feel like you're excluded from the message this morning because I grew up in a home where brokenness was my reality. And so I know just like you exactly what it feels like to be left out, unrelatable and a little bit 
estranged from the reality of what God's Word says. But, you know, I decided very early on that I would lean into his perfect picture rather than lean away from it. And as a leader and as a preacher, I've become more aware of not trying to estrange and isolate whole groups of people. And so there's this wrestle I have, is do I present the perfect picture of God at the risk of hurting someone? And I've decided yes, because the world is estranged from the reality of God. The world and the way it lives is broken. And there is a disparity sometimes between the reality of our lives and what God says But his truth and his promise still stands and his perfect will is perfect. And so this is my disclaimer, which is not really a disclaimer. It's a call. It's a call that no matter what your reality is, to lean into the picture of God's perfect will. Allow it to stir within you regardless of what your reality looks like right now because it is perfect and it is pleasing and it is good. And I decided as a broken young woman that I wouldn't look at the model and be offended by it. I would look at the model and be inspired by it. And so this morning as mothers on Mother's Day, as followers of Jesus, can we just be the sorts of people who are on fire for God? Can we be on fire? And you know that we would firstly, just three quick simple points for us this morning on Mother's Day, that we would set our children on fire, that we would set a fire within our children, the next generation. And I want you to understand men and women who do not have children, this is not just natural children, because we are called to lead the next generation. But I will be speaking specifically out of my natural parenting experience and the fact that this girl who's on fire sets a fire within her children. That my spiritual radar is on and my sensitivity is high. As a mother, you nurse the call of God on your child's life. As a mother, we listen closely to the Spirit and watch vigilantly for the signs, little embers, little sparks that we can breathe on and fan into flame. That's the role of a mother. And we do this from conception through infancy and right along every day that we cast our eyes on them. We look for the small sparks. We look for the small evidence of what God has already put on the inside of them. I realize that my children have been given to me to steward for God. My children are not mine I'm a steward of their calling and of who they're meant to be in the earth. That God sees this generation, sees this world the way it is and designed each one of my four children for a specific purpose. And so my role as their mother is to look with vigilant eyes of the Spirit to see hints and glimpses of what is the deposit of heaven on the inside of each one of my children, that I can fan that into flame, that I can set a fire within them and release them into the calling that they were put here on earth for. And that is the call of the mother is to set a flame within her children. Each one of my children have displayed unique callings. Each one of them has displayed these specific predispositions that are different from each other. One of my children in particular recently has just showed this fascination with a particular people group. 
He's fascinated with their culture, with their art, with the colour of their skin, with the geography of their um, continent. He's fascinated by it. None of my other children are. But for some reason he is, and I see it as a little spark. Could this be? Could this be the call of God on his life? And so I speak into it. Let's talk about that some more. Did you know this? Did you know that? And we talk about it. More recently, he started coming home telling me about the inner workings of the human body. He's talking about the inner ear, the eyeball, the functions of the brain. And I'm like, could this be? Could this be an ember that I'm fanning into flame? So I'm talking to him about how God is the amazing you know, this amazing master artist who shaped the human body. And, and could he be used in the future in maybe surgery or medicine? Who knows? But I'm looking constantly for little signs, little bits of evidence that I can draw out and fan into flame. But bigger than that, it's about setting the fire of the Holy Spirit alight in them. And so for a really long time now, Sam and I have tried to just create an environment in our home where talk about the supernatural is natural. It's normal. Where talk about the miracles and mercies of God is normal. Where talk about the presence of God and the miraculous things of God is normal. Where we actually talk about that as much as just about anything else. And you know what? At first it was a little bit awkward. But now as I push myself, I get to the end of my day at dinner time. I'm like, I need to share with them what God spoke to me today. I need to share with them the evidence of God I saw today so that I'm training them to see as well. So I'm training them to understand that this is normal. I'm trying to set a fire within them. I don't want to raise church kids that go through the functions. I want to raise kids who are on fire by the Spirit of God because that's what's going to change their generation. And the role of a mother is to do that. I am a talent deployer in the life of my children. May we raise contributors and not consumers. I'll stop there because I get really passionate about families that are led by children instead of parents. Families that are raising kids who are consumers and not contributors. Families that are raising kids who are self-centered because they don't understand they're here for a purpose. They're here to live bigger than their own conveniences and their own fears and their own inadequacies. May we raise contributors and not consumers. May we raise culture setters, ground shakers and spirit carriers. You know, Mary, the mother of Jesus, there are two things that I think of. There are two instances where it's this beautiful statement that says, and she nursed these things in her heart. There are two times where she saw embers in the life of Jesus, the Son of God. And it says she nursed it in her heart. And that's the role of a mother. One of the instances was when the shepherds came to worship Jesus as a baby. And I can just picture it. She stood as, at a distance and watched. She watched the worship they gave him, the declarations they made over this baby. And it says she nursed these things in her heart. The other time was when Jesus was found in the temple after being missing for three days. And he's there and he's confounding the spiritual scholars and teachers. And she finds him in the house of God and he goes, where else would I be but in my father's house? But what she notices is how he's absolutely blowing away all the spiritual scholars. And it says she nursed these things in her heart. That is the role of the mother 
is to watch and nurse and fan into flame the Spirit of God on the inside of our children. And so we need to pray with them. We need to practice the voice of God with them. I often say to my children, did you hear God today? What did he say? So they're practicing the voice of God from the youngest age. And actually, I found the younger they are, the easier they hear. Don't wait till they're 17. It's too late. Start when they're two, when they're just talking. Ask them, what did God say to you? I promise you they'll hear him. And you'll be amazed at what they say. Speak with them about what he's saying and doing. Make this normal talk. We need to identify it, speak to it, and set them up for wins. So a girl on fire sets fire within her children. She also stokes the fire in her husband. She stokes the fire within her husband. And this is a precious role of a wife in her husband's life. It's precious, it's sacred, and it's eternally powerful. We have the power to release our men into the fullness of their God-given ability. We also have the power to do the opposite. And when they're flying, we do too. It's the plan and the way of God. You know, we started this tradition years ago uh, where about once a year I would sit, we, we often sit together and talk, but once a year I would challenge myself to ask Sam for an out-of-the-box idea. And, um, you know, years and years ago when we were in youth ministry, one of these ideas was a regional event called Amplified. And so we were at Carindale and, and we were regional leaders and and so he was like, I just see, you know, all the youth ministries coming together under this thing named Amplified and just, you know, hundreds of children, young people getting, um, you know, making decisions for Jesus at each event. And so I laughed at it. I'm like, Amplified is such a lame name. Can we at least think of a better name? But it was through that experience that I learned to follow my leader because he was right and it worked. And so we started this thing called Amplified and all the men are clapping. And um, we started this thing called Amplified so many years ago. I don't even know how many years ago now, 10, 12 years ago. And in that time that Sam and I were in the youth ministry, we saw over 10,000 decisions for Jesus. Amazing. And so I was like, well, he's got a bit of fire in him. He can see some things. And so, so it became this thing once a year. Okay, Sam, give me the next out-of-the-box idea. So I don't know whether you are like me, but he's got really great ideas and maybe not the administration to pull it off. So, so that's kind of my role is to pull things off what he sees. And so, but this one particular year, I was like, okay, what's this year's out-of-the-box um, idea? And he goes... I'm actually thinking I should run for council. I was like, no, not that kind of idea. Not, please not that kind of, like that's way out of the box. Can we just come a little bit closer to the box at least? And so he just felt in his spirit to run for council. And it was, it was a stretch for me because I'm used to doing church life with him. I'm used to doing family with him. I'm used to doing property development and investments with him. But like really, really like in that sort of thing, it was so left field and so random that it took me a while to get my head around it. And so 
you know, to see his face on pickets on people's front lawns and in business windows, you know, and it was just so hilarious. It was actually such a hilarious season to see people around in bright orange t-shirts that say vote one Sam Gunser and door knocking and curbside stalls and stuff. I was like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever done. And it was such a stretch. But you know, he decided he wasn't doing it to try to get into council because he pitched himself as the pastor running for council. The whole goal was to turn the community back to Jesus, to draw and highlight attention to the local church. And so through that, it was a scary time, but we are still today seeing the fruit of that, the pastor who ran for council. It's amazing how many um, secret followers of Jesus came out of the shadows in that season. It's amazing how much favour was brought to this house because of that season. And yes, we highlighted City Point, but we actually drew attention to Jesus in our community. It was a powerful, powerful moment. And during that season, the Holy Spirit spoke to me out of Proverbs 31, where it says, The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. And verse 23, her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. And God spoke to me about this one little verse that he's known in the city gates. Ladies, our job is to promote our husbands to be leaders, to be recognized, to be strong, to be honored, to be dignified. Our role is to make sure that they're known in the city gates when they sit among the elders of the land. That's our role. That's our powerful, eternal, significant role. And in verse 28, her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. It's my job to stoke the fire in him, to cause him to dream big spirit dreams. And I thought about Mary again. And I thought about how when she found out she was pregnant with the Son of God, supernaturally, you know, suddenly she's the illegitimate mother of God's Son. Like that story really doesn't stack up to most people. And she's engaged to this guy named Joseph, who's a good, good, godly man. And she tells Joseph, so I'm pregnant. It's not yours. First bombshell. It's God's. Second bombshell. He's really going, sure it is, Mary. Awesome. And it says that he had considered secretly to separate himself from her in a way that she remained dignified. He was a good, good man, but he couldn't understand this. And in that season, the Spirit of God visited him, an angelic visitation that confirmed what Mary was saying. Later on, it also, the Spirit of God visited him and directed where he was meant to lead his family. And I was thinking about this and the fact that the angelic visitation started after he connected himself to a girl on fire. Girls, come on. You have the power to stoke the fire within the man of God in your life. You actually have that spiritual responsibility to stir the spirit realm around his life. I know, ladies, you're feeling uncomfortable right now, but this is amazing, an amazing privilege for us to carry, that we would stoke that fire. 
that we would pour fuel on the fire that already exists within our good men to promote his call, his gifts, his leadership, and to speak into his greatness. And can I say, if you're not married, don't compromise for a half-baked, talk-the-talk-but-can't-walk-the-walk kind of guy. (laughs) You can tell straight away. You don't need to date him for six months. You can tell straight away. You can tell straight away, is he a pillar or not? Is he living out of conviction or convenience? Where is he really at? Because the combination of a man on fire and a woman on fire, that's a match made in heaven. And that is God's best for both of their lives. And that, that kind of union brings a difference into our communities and into our world. And while we're talking about spouses, you need to pray for your child's future spouse now. Don't wait till they're 15 or 18 and already stuffing around. Should be praying now for their spouse. This girl on fire sets a fire in her children, stokes the fire in her husband, and seizes the fire within herself. This fire, it's all consuming. It's all consuming. Hebrews 12:29 says, "For our God is a consuming fire." Yes, he is. And some of us are afraid of that reality. And Scripture tells us that many try to hang on to their lives and they lose it. But the ones who lose their lives for my sake actually find it. But many of us have this sneaking suspicion that's actually completely accurate, that this is all-consuming. Yes, it is all-consuming. It is all-consuming in every area of your life. Ladies, in the way you dress, in the way you promote yourself, in the way you carry yourself, in the way you speak to your children, your husband, in the way that you operate in your workplace with your friends. It is all consuming. And it's not about striving because when you're consumed, you're compelled. When you're consumed, you're transformed. When you're actually consumed, your life begins to look like Him. He is completely rapturous and we know He can't be second place to anything else. We know He's completely lovely, captivating and consuming. And sometimes we try to hold on and we wonder why we're restless. We keep certain parts of ourselves from Him and then we wonder why we're rotting internally why things are falling apart and we can't make sense. It's because He's a consuming fire and you cannot withhold parts of yourself from a consuming fire. You just allow yourself to be consumed. And that is where the transformation and the blessing and the freedom comes from. I can tell someone who's on fire. I can tell. And I can tell someone who's not. It is all consuming. We need to be convinced He can't be rationalized. He can't be diminished. He can't be excused. And He can't be compartmentalized into a Sunday morning religious experience. We need to be convinced. And Toza wrote these words. God made us for Himself. God made you for Himself. This is the only explanation that satisfies the heart of a thinking man, whatever his wild reason may say. Should faulty education or perverse reasoning lead a man to conclude otherwise, there is little that any Christian can do for him. For such men, I have no message. 
my appeal is addressed to those who have been previously taught in secret by the wisdom of God. I speak to the thirsty hearts whose longings have been wakened by the touch of God within them. And as such, they need no proof. Their restless hearts furnish all the proof they need. The fact that you yearn, the fact that you wrestle, the fact that you experience dissatisfaction is all the proof you need that He exists and that He's drawing you completely and fully into a life that you won't find outside of Him. It's all consuming. And so we need to seize the fire within us. It's the Holy Spirit wooing us, drawing us, whispering to us that we would just respond in complete abandon fully. He is a consuming fire. And when we're fully consumed, we are simultaneously compelled, compelled, motivated and actioned by it. Because the verse just before that one I read you about the consuming fire says this, therefore, since we're receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear for our God is a consuming fire. It compels us, actions us, motivates us. He is a consuming fire. There's a song recently or in the last few years that said, I don't want to talk about you like you're not in the room. I want to look right at you. I want to sing right to you. The Spirit of God is here right now. If you just bow your heads and close your eyes in this moment, He's wooing us all the time. Evidence of Him is all around. All throughout every day, there is evidence of Him. And that evidence is drawing us. It is drawing us if we are, like Toza says, a thinking person. Who pushes aside excuses and rationalizations and doubts and faulty thinking. who is being counseled in secret by the wisdom and Spirit of God, who actually stills themselves and allows themselves to see Him, to touch Him, to speak directly with Him. He is a speaking God. He is a very present God. And you know, the moment we look into His face, I can tell you with all confidence, you're gonna see a smile. You're going to see love and adoration. You're going to see who you truly are when you look fully at Him. This girl, this man, on fire. On fire, sick of building altars and counting stones. Sick of bringing sacrifices and just rearranging them. Not satisfied anymore with that. Not able to reconcile an absence of fire in our Christian lives, wanting to walk every moment lit up and conscious and aware of the Spirit of God. And just in this moment, we're all sitting right now, but if something on you is stirring, I want you to boldly stand to your feet. No one's looking around. And it's your sign to say, I've been living that life, that Christian experience. I wanna be on fire. If that's you, would you stand to your feet boldly? Your heart is saying, consume me, God. Consume me, God.
Holy Spirit. We worship you this morning. Why don't you boldly raise your hands to heaven? The first step is actually boldness. You say to yourself, blow it. Who cares? All I want is Him. All I want is Him. There are many of you standing. Would you just start to speak, start to tell Him, start to draw back near to Him as He draws near to you? Holy Spirit, have your way here this morning. I want to nurse your presence. Your power, God. I want more of you. Less of me, more of you every day. Less of me, more of you every day. Less of me, more of you every day. God, an awareness of your presence, consumed by you in all my doings, all my goings, all my speaking, all my thinking, consumed by you, God, all my responses, all my planning, all my hopes. Move on us, Spirit of God. Spirit of God. Let's just take a moment, worship Him this morning. lovely God. You're beautiful. I'll look at you. Holy Spirit, your power is Oh, 
God so unsettles you this week, that the Spirit of God so unsettles you that, you know, because I don't want to do this for myself, all right? I've been unsettled since January. I'm asking you to come with me. I'm asking you to come into this bubble with me and be unsettled by the Spirit of God. In the middle of the night, in the middle of the day, whatever you're doing, that you would suddenly be arrested over and over and over and over and over by the presence of God. And that's what's going to shift our lives. It's what's going to shift our families. It's going to shift everything in our lives. Amen. So church, let's also nurse that in each other. Let's draw that out of each other and hold each other accountable to the power of God on our lives. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to go out praising God. Ladies, free coffee and cake for you. And um, happy Mother's Day. We love you.